Here's today's reminder. If your church is going to grow, you have to equip your leaders. But how do you do this? How do you empower the leaders at your church to lead well? Join us at equiplab.com backslash church leaders. We're here to equip your ministry team to thrive. Just go to equiplab.com backslash church leaders and join us today. Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Day. And before I introduce our next podcast topic, I have an exciting announcement. On July 1st, the team at Outreach welcomed Ed Stetzer as general editor of Outreach Media Group and editor-in-chief of Outreach Magazine. Among his many roles and accomplishments, Ed is executive director of the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center and dean of the School of Mission, Ministry, and Leadership, as well as the regional director for Lausanne, North America. Now, as part of his new role at Outreach, he'll be taking over as host of the Church Leaders Podcast, which will relaunch in August as the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast. Ed is a trusted voice in the fields of church planting, evangelism, missiology, and cultural engagement, and will bring his experience into our conversations with the church leaders who are helping us navigate these challenging times. It has been an absolute joy and privilege to host the Church Leaders Podcast. I've loved getting to have conversations with amazing church leaders about all aspects of ministries and to come alongside you, our listeners, in learning how to love well and lead well as we serve the body of Christ together. Thank you for joining me on that journey. Now, as we look forward to our relaunch as the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast, we thought it would be helpful to explore the benefits and the challenges of church online. Many churches were already streaming their services online before the COVID-19 pandemic, but the 2020 lockdowns compelled congregations to go online and expand their digital presence. Now that we're able to gather again, church leaders are wondering, what does church online look like in a post-COVID world? Ministry leaders have differing views about how to answer this question. Some believe that church can exist entirely online without ever meeting in person. Others believe that gathering in person at least some of the time is essential. For the next few weeks, we'll have conversations with church leaders from a variety of perspectives about how COVID-19 changed church and what that means for us going forward. And now on to this week's guest. Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, here's your host, Jason Day. I am joined today by Angela Craig. Angela is the founder of Pursuit Church Live, the first social media church in the Assemblies of God Fellowship. Angela has a master's degree in organizational leadership and is a sought-after leadership coach and speaker, helping teams and organizations turn their online platforms into communities. Angela also serves as an adjunct professor at Northwest University and has authored several books, including Online Jesus, A Guide to Community, Discipleship, and Care Online. Now, on this week's episode, Angela and I discuss how she grew a church online to over 17,000 engaged attendees who are making disciples and extending the love of Jesus. Angela shares how church online is more than just streaming a worship service and why relationships are at the heart of the digital disciple making. Some amazing stories of God at work, so let's dive right in to my conversation with Angela Craig. Angela, welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. I am so excited for our conversation today. Oh, Jason, it's an honor to be with you. Awesome. Now, Angela, we, we really want to hear the story of 
Pursuit Church Live, um, the, the church online which you founded. And so I have a, a few questions um, to kind of uh, touch on as you unfold this, this pretty amazing story. Uh, first, you know, what led you to launch Pursuit? You know, what type of needs did you seek to meet um, that you maybe were not seeing met elsewhere? And how did you go about really building um, a congregation online? Yeah, that's a good question. So in 2016, I was a director at the Northwest Ministry Network for the Assembly of God. And we, uh, my job was to strengthen and train up ministry leaders. And I was also volunteering and working in my local church. And at the time, like the biggest question that pastors and leaders were asking was, how do we get people to come to church? I don't know. That might sound familiar to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we were having in, in my work at the Northwest Ministry Network, we were having the same problem. Like lead, leaders wanted training. They wanted events. Uh, but they um, they didn't have the time to come. And so I asked uh, in 2016, I asked our director um, of our organization if I could start some online Facebook groups uh, specifically for women to help them reach uh, the people in their communities to equip them, to encourage them. And uh, so I started um, an, a Facebook page and some groups and we did digital, we did online and we used Hangout at the time, if anybody go all the way back to Hangout. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then we also were meeting up in our local church. And But what, um, after six months, we had uh, over 600 women that had joined this Facebook wow. page. And, and we had um, a lot of women meeting in person They'd meet at a coffee shop or they, you know, and it was all around purpose. The women wanted to know God. They wanted to serve God. And, and, but what I recognized was that 40% of our online group groups that we had were women that didn't attend a local church, but they loved Jesus. They wanted to know what their purpose was and they wanted to serve him. And I, I think that was really what sparked my attention to start doing research um, of really, instead of just doing the same thing we'd always done and hoping that people would change, I was like, okay, so what's really going on here? And at the time, 65% of uh, Americans were not attending a local church. And so my heart was really to serve those people that um, couldn't go to church or were, were not going to go to church. And much of my family um, w were those people. And so um, so that was my heart. So I went to our superintendent uh, who was in charge of church planning at the time. And I said, I want to I want to start a digital church. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, that won't ever be approved, but you should do it. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's an incredible support uh, as far as like we should be obedient to follow the call of God on our lives. And so I didn't really know what that looked like. We tried all different things. Um, the end result in 2017, Pursuit Church Live was was planted on social media. We tried every platform possible. We um, within the first year, we had seven thousand people, um, twenty nine uh, people that gave their life to, to Jesus, 32 wow. that were baptized. Uh, and so the Assembly of God said, yes, this qualifies as a church. Um, they are doing ministry under, you know, all of our requirements, worship. And um, so we were approved in 2017 as Assembly of God, the first and only still Assembly of God social media church. Wow. That's how we started. 
That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So, uh, Angela, it's, it's a really cool journey, and it, you, you, you were able to be a part of um, launching something that um, obviously had, had an impact, a kingdom impact. It was recognized. The kingdom impact was recognized. I'm curious, as you look at um, Pursuit Church, what comparisons do you see with the work there and when we look, you know, back to the book of Acts and look at the early church. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a really good question. So I did a lot of research because one of the biggest pe questions people ask is, is digital church really biblical? And I think it cannot be biblical and it can be biblical. And, and so if you were to read um, Acts, not through the lens of how we know church now, but um just from a new believer's perspective is, you know, they were meeting in the temple courts and they were meeting, um, if you do church history research, they were meeting anywhere they could possibly meet. And so for us, digital, we, and also they were, God was calling them to go to people, to find people and to, the the story, the good news, the truth was more important than the location. And, and so that's the same for us is our goal is to go where people are gathering and over 4 billion people are gathering on social media now and they're there because they need somebody to see them. I mean, you and I post stuff on our page. Well, why do we post it? Well, because I want you to see my stuff. I mean, right. <laughs> like I want you to see what my family is doing or I want you to see this cool quote I posted or, you know, it's, and so we, um, like Jesus did, he went to people, he saw their need, and he um, answered them. And then he called them to be like him. And so our goal at Pursuit is always to make disciples that make disciples. And this is extremely different than uh, streaming a Sunday service. And I think that's where people are right in saying, wait, digital isn't biblical, because streaming is not church. Uh, it's it's very positive. It, it makes Jesus the center of social media. Like those are all good things. It could be the front door to faith for your church. It could be someone's introduction to who you are as a culture, uh, but it's not worshiping together as a body. Yeah, Angela, so let's lean into that a little bit. So just streaming, just broadcasting, mm -hmm. uh, it d doesn't necessarily constitute, you know, church, right? Because there's not necessarily that engagement. There's not necessarily um, disciple making, those, those worship components. So talk to us a little bit about how you, you know, lived out through Pursuit Church, those, those elements that really make it more than a broadcast, but make it a church. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, Steve Fogg, who is um, does the biggest social media conference in the world, who's in Australia, he asked, I was in a cohort of his a couple weeks ago, and they asked, what's the biggest mistake you made? <laughs> I was like, the biggest mistake I made was trying to do Sunday online, like just duplicate it, replicate it. And so what we found was we... Um, that's not what people needed. And, and, and now Barna says that three out of four people in America will not attend a local church. They don't consider themselves a practicing Christian. And so if we, they're not going to go to the church. If we put church online, they're not going to go to our service. Like it's serving the people in our church. That's valuable. It's very valuable. I don't discount that, especially during COVID. Uh, but that was the biggest mistake I made. And so 
we had to change how we did uh, ministry. And so we became, instead of production, we became, um, we put people over production, relationship um, over, uh, over, we have a strategy um, of how we do relationship. And I can tell you about that. Um, yes. <laughs> so, um, so basically before doing digital uh, in the church that I worked in, I served in, 90% of my time, if I was to admit it, was about producing Sunday, right? And Wednesday, we had Bible study. Um, now, 90% of my time is about actually reaching out to people online um, as far as messaging them, um, praying for people. And so I spent all my time building relationship. 10% um, of my time is strategy and, and team building. But um, most of it is just honestly reaching out. So let me tell you how we do that. So we create content that's relevant to who we're trying to reach, which is people who are um, spiritually homeless, if you want to say, someone who maybe has chronic illness, or a single dad, or someone who's homeless, or someone in, um, in Africa who doesn't have a local church that's in their village, and they have no car. Um, someone who... Um, has been hurt by church or had a bad experience and, or feels shame, you know, all the reasons. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to tell you that. So we create content around that when people come online and we're, our platform is Facebook. Um, we just decided to focus on one thing. It's been successful that way because Facebook is free and now we have over 17,000 people. So, um, when people comment, they like, or they share, one of our impact team reaches out to them personally. And you could do that through Facebook. Um, and so we always reach out. And so if I was to reach out to you, Jason, I'd be like, thank you for being part of my video today or being part of whatever we were doing. Um, tell me, you know, where do you live? Do you have a local church? Um, how can I pray for you today? I know that most of the world is incredibly receptive to prayer. Mm -hmm. And so um, then we just get to know the need. So what does Jason need? What, it, what do you need? Like right now, where have you been? Where are you going? And what do you need? And then we have groups, then the next step. So that's engagement. So content, engagement, uh, discipleship. So we want to get you plugged into a discipleship circle. We use, um, we use the YouVersion app a lot because people can access it for free from all over the world. And we can have four day studies. We can have, I, I lead a year in the um, Bible in a year. I have about 60 people in that group uh, started it last year. Um, and we read the new Testament in a year and they wanted to read the whole Bible this year. So I think Ooh. that's, that's like impressive, right? Most of our local churches in Washington state are under 60 people. So um, just to have that daily discipleship. So we want to get you plugged into um, discipleship that meets your needs um, right out of the gate and then um, teach you how to multiply. So um, multiplication. So if you have time, I'll tell you a story. Yes. I'd love to hear it. Okay. Maybe that's easier for people. So, um, Kevin came to Pursuit through uh, one of our YouVersion apps. He's a single working dad of, um, and a caregiver of an autistic son who's fully disabled. Mm. Um, he uh, can't go to church on Sunday, nor did he really want to go to church because he had gone to church as a, um, as a teenager, had a lot of questions about the Bible, like, is the world really created in seven days? And the youth pastor was just like, you just need to have faith. 
Mm. So he he left. I mean, that wasn't that bad of a deal, right? But he left the church. Doesn't really matter. Didn't go back. So he got to be, he had a lot of questions, got to be part of this Bible study. Um, we set him up in a one-on-one mentorship with another um, another one of our people, men in our group. And um, he gave his life to Christ within a couple of weeks. He, then he started, um, it turned out that that person lived 20 minutes away from him. So this is God's divine intervention, right? All right. Kevin, he brought him online. He... Um, I just happened to know that there was somebody close to him that was a good leader that would walk with him. And so then they started serving in their uh, local community at a women's shelter, uh, how, it's housing for transitional housing for single moms. So they're, they're going out each week and doing the yard work together um, and then having a meal um, with a small group uh, at this leader's house. And so um, Kevin is on fire for Jesus. Um, he's going to be baptized in the next couple of weeks by this leader. Uh, and then um, he's also like, he meets the guys at the bar after work and he's giving them every Christian book that we feed him. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we want to make disciples that make disciples. And right. so we, we want to help people know right when you, um, when you accept God, when you accept Jesus into your life, that, um, that you want to share that with one to three people. Like, it's so exciting. Like our lives should be turned upside down. This isn't a passive faith. Like this is a revolutionary faith. So we want, we want Kevin to, to share his faith. And so that's just one story. Um, I tell some in uh, online Jesus and uh, also I just tell you more, but we'll start with that one. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that story, Angela. And, and that gives a good snapshot as to how effective, um, mm-hmm. you know, this digital expression of church can can truly be. Mm-hmm. Uh, what A uh, couple questions I have as you were talking that just kind of came to mind. I'm sure listeners probably um, might be thinking some of these same questions. One is, um, practically speaking, on, uh, you know, a daily basis or a weekly basis, what does it actually look like? Um, you know, for pursuit to do do church aside from the um, you version small group type things. Mm-hmm. What 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 are you guys actually doing? What what does that look like? I'm I'm curious about like the, you said you produce content that engages people and then you build those relationships. But but what does that content look like and how do you how do you share that? It's a really good question. I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> so we only do live videos. Uh, we don't do any streaming at all because I didn't find it to be effective and Facebook doesn't like to share it. So the other piece is if you're streaming, you can't talk to somebody. So to have effective digital ministry, you have to change your way of teaching. Mm-hmm. And so you, instead of, I also teach at Northwest University, so I'm a teacher at heart. So I like to be a stage on the stage. I mean, there's no doubt, like I've been trained in it. I'm an ordained minister, like I'm good at that. But Online, if you really want to reach people, you need to be able to have a conversation with them. So if we do a lot, we do live videos every day. I actually transitioned from Pursuit uh, in uh, Easter this year. And so Pastor Angie and Jared are leading and then I'm doing church planting now. So um, so they do a live video every morning. Um, and I would just say tip for anybody who wants to do digital and see it really succeed, offer to pray for people every morning 
or have a different team members come on. And so that was one thing is obviously I can't be, I could be online every day, but honestly, <laughs> that wasn't, I don't see that that's a representation of how the Bible is right. and it can also train up people. So we would have someone different. And so we have a live video for 10 minutes every morning. It's called the daily. We had, um, we would have an hour of prayer every Wednesday, which would have, you know, 25 to 40,000 people that would find that link. Now, not everybody stayed, right. but the people that did, if you got 250 people that commented, those are 250 people that you could share the good news with. So I just feel like you, when I'm online, I'm having a conversation. So the style of teaching changes. So if I see you come on and um, I, I see Jason come on, I'm like, Jason, like I'll interrupt whatever I'm doing to see you and to say, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Now, are you going to stop watching when I acknowledge you? Right. Probably not. Because like now you're like, wait, she knows I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> So it's not a passive style of teaching. Uh, I'm not saying that's not effective. I I grew up in um, and gave my life to Jesus when I was in sixth grade in a church that you know was the traditional conventional church that you and I know. Um, and um, my life was greatly changed by that. But this is we're living in a whole different world where people need to be known, they need to be seen, and social media has really increased that need. And so um, so weekly, we're doing lives, our impact team, and me, that was really, my uh, full-time job was being part of our impact team, not just the lead pastor, not, um, but to be part of that team, to be reaching out to people by private message, to all those people that would come online to make sure every person knew that we saw them and we appreciated them and we wanted them to be part of our community. So um, that's how that looks each week. Okay, yeah, I, I want Angela to dig in. Okay, so I, I want to dig in just a little bit more. Um, so I'm gonna ask some kind of specific questions. Uh, one, when you say you do the daily videos, mm -hmm. the 10 minute daily video, what what are you doing in that video? Is it a, a Bible study? Is it something that's pre-planned? Is it, you know, just chatting it up? What What's going on in those videos, daily videos? So the, and I think this could be different depending on the leader. So Aunt Angie is doing, um, she's doing, it's called the daily. And so basically she just takes a life topic or something she's experiencing or learning from or something that happened um, and then she'll grab some Bible verses. She'll tell like a personal story. And so it's very relational. So it's, let's say you're talking about forgiveness or you're talking about anger or you're talking about marriage or you're talking about, um, you know, parenting or, you, you know, just whatever we're experiencing right in the moment, anxiety or fear during the pan pandemic was obviously really high. It, as far as being online is um, we have, we have an adaptive leadership style in our church. Whereas if the world pivots, we pivot. Like we don't, you know, normally in when you work for a conventional church, you have, you plan out at least six months, if not the whole year, right? And you can do that digitally, um, use whatever your church, if you're digital, physical and digital, that you could use like kind of the outline, but then be ready to adapt it to your online audience because we don't want it to be not relevant to what people are experiencing in real life. So if you're going through, you know, the book of Lamentations in church, that might not be 
what the digital audience needs to hear right now. So that was the nice thing about being digital only is we would pivot anytime the world pivot pivoted. So whatever was happening, we could talk about justice, we could talk about fear, we could talk about anger, whatever it was. So um, that is how we how we were doing those um, short videos. Mm -hmm. And that and then Sunday, Sunday is still based on like a four week series. So um, they'll do, a, you know, they'll have a series of like, one was, you know, what questions about God. So um, things like that. And, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. So, so the Sundays, do the Sundays, are they beyond 10 minutes? Do they feel more like a, what we would consider traditional Sunday worship gathering or? They're still live. And Angie and Jared, what they're doing is they're doing hope in the home. And so they will travel to people in our congregation's home and they'll set up and record just like we are here. So they'd be like in my living room <laughs> and uh, then, you know, have a meal and, um, and, you know, gather with people. So get a group of people together and have dinner, breakfast or whatever. And so that's how they're doing it. Or sometimes they just do it from their apartment in Kirkland, Washington. And so they'll have their team come over and they have um, different people doing different things. They do some fun, funny things, entertaining things like the meme of the day or whatever. Um, and they do worship um, differently. So sometimes there's music, sometimes worship is just teaching about giving. Um, and so there's, um, or adoration or connection with God. And so um, they've really done a good job of ad uh, adapting to the online, um, online. So, yeah. but having and, you know, being at home with people is important. Right, right. And um, to kind of touch on a little bit, obviously there are those who are critical of online-only churches. You know, many, many say that, you know, people need to connect in person um, and those connections can't help, you know, can't happen online. Mm -hmm. So how do you respond to those types of, of criticisms? And you've shared some stories about discipling people digital, but, but the story you shared about Kevin, there's also that in-person component. So I'm just curious, how do you respond to those criticisms and, and what are you guys doing to kind of, um, you know, add the personal touch when available? Mm -hmm. So the biggest problem we have is being able to have enough team to reach the people that are digital. So to me, if someone has questions or critiques, as you said, I would just invite them to come and be part of our team. Because I think until you're actually in it, you don't understand that this is different. This is um, God is using technology to reach every corner of the world. And God is not exclusive. So when someone is, says you can't have church online, you're basically saying, well, the people that can't get to a church don't matter to us. Uh, and I think that that's not what God wants. I think God wants us to go to people that can't or won't go to church. It's always been that way. <laughs> that is the point of the good news is to take it to people and introduce Jesus to them right. so that they can have new life. So it's more about like we're seeing church through the lens of our own experience, not really biblically what it says. And so, um, and I think you asked me like three questions, so you can please re-ask if I don't answer. Um, but in, you know, I was reading and this, 
this I just came across like a couple months ago in John 4, when Jesus is at the well, um, meets the woman at the well, and they have this whole discourse about her life. Um, and he went there specifically, and many historians would say went out of his way because he knew she'd be there. So like he has that personal go out of your way to meet somebody because then she went back and told her whole village about who this man was, right? But this stuck out to me, and I had just never really noticed this, but the woman says, um, so tell me, why do our fathers worship God here on the nearby mountain, but your people teach that Jerusalem is the place where we must worship, which is right? So... Where do we worship? Which is right. So what does Jesus say is right? He says, um, believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you won't worship the father on a mountain nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. So I just felt like, wow, that's profound. Like Jesus said those words. He said we would worship God in our heart. So anytime we think that a building is more important, we have gotten off course. Um, the building, of course, um, facilitates a lot of hope, but um, you can do ministry just like a missionary goes to a different country. Um, that's still church because <laughs> right. they're in their, they're in their town or their village and they don't, maybe they're meeting in a coffee shop. That's still church. And so as far as I think the biggest things people get have questions about like sacraments and this would depend on what denomination you are too, um, of like how you would see the ecclesial ecclesiology of sacraments, but baptism, we teach people how to baptize, or we say, which I think is more important than the pastor doing it. Honestly, I think we should be teaching people how to disciple others. And so they need to know how to baptize others. They need to know how to tell people what communion is. They um, need to be able to lay hands on people and know that this is biblical, that we lay hands on people. So it's just a, it's a, it's a mind switch really. Um, and we have to pivot our thinking to pivot, um, to pivot the church in the direction of actually growing instead of decreasing. Yeah, that's good, Angela. Now, um, it's, it's obvious that relationships are important, right? Because, uh, that's what you, uh, you know, you said you, you began this whole thing with, we're not just broadcasting, you know, church, right? We are, we are building relationships. That's why you do live you know, instead of a pre-recorded video. That's why you have a team, as you said, and you can always use more people, you know, to be reaching out and connecting with people individually. You recognize people by their name. You welcome them in, those types of things. You have these small groups where people are... So relationships are obviously very, very important. So let me ask, how... Um, is there a, a way that you are thinking about relationships beyond digital? So is there an intentionality that if people can be together physically, that you want to help them do that? Mm -hmm. You know, is there intentionality behind that? Um, if so, why? If not, why? You know, what are your thoughts on that? So our strategy is digital plus or digital. Some people would say call it digital first. Um, and, and so we started digital. And I remember when I was before we even started the church and God was just kind of downloading stuff. And I was standing in front of the microwave and he was like saying PCL Paris, PCL Seattle. And so I saw these micro communities where an elevation church does this. Well, they started a church in Canada because they had, they saw a, 
a gathering of people kind of in this area. And so they were like, okay, we're going to go there and we're going to start a community. So that's one way, that's one model of doing it. And, and it's been very, very successful. Now we're not all going to be elevation churches. Um, and, and so that was my, because of my experience of being in person, um, I, I thought, well, this is where God is leading is that we will be in person. But what about the people that can't ever go in person? Mm-hmm. And so what I found now is having over 17,000 people that, yes, we have partner churches all over the world. And if someone says, I really want to go be a part of an in-person body, we'll either have them start one or go to a local church. And so we'll find churches in the area for them to go to. And then, um, for instance, Francis in Uganda came to pursue, watched a video. We got him plugged into a a messenger group we had. He gave his life to Jesus. Um, He is a preacher. This this Mm -hmm. kid is amazing. Like, it's so great. He did his first video on on, um, pursuit. Um, but he would literally just record what he was learning in the Bible and put it on messenger for people. And I was like, wow, this is great. Anyway, so Ugandan culture is, is very community oriented and, and he wanted, he's extrovert. He wanted to be in person with somebody. And so we connected him to Ron, who was a, one of our worship leaders online. I've never met Ron. He lives in Kampala, Uganda, but was leading worship from Uganda on, on PCL. And, um, and so I connected him with Ron and they sent me a video of them going to church together on Sunday. Now that I will say is, um, is the minority. So mostly what we're getting are, are stories of people like Dee, who has chronic illness, her and her husband served in their church. She has, she has MS. She can't go to church anymore. And, but she loved Jesus. She was commenting, liking every video. I invited her into a group, then asked her to be in charge of our disciples, um, our impact team. She did that for two years. Uh, she started her own micro community to serve people that have um, chronic illness. And then also went back to get her PhD in community service and community. Wow. Care. Yeah. So <laughs> that's multiplication. So that's from yeah. the beginning. She came, she was included and discipled, and then now she's multiplying. So, so what I find is we, we get hung up on this. Well, we need to get them in the building. Well, there's a lot of people that can't get into a building. We have, um, a a member who lives in Jamaica. And during the um, beginning of the pandemic, she wrote to me and she said, can you ship um, school supplies and canned goods for our village? Because we need school supplies for the children. And I said, I can't. I've tried doing that. That's a bad idea. Um, (laughs) And it just gets stolen or lost. So, um, and plus I'm not the savior, God is. And so I connected with an AG ministry um, missionary who was in Jamaica. He connected with a pastor who was seven miles from her. She doesn't have a car, she can't go to that church. So he brought her groceries and he brought her school supplies. So it it's totally different ministry. And, and so um, definitely out of the box and you just have to find solutions for people's needs when they have them. Um, And so that's what I always say. God is an inclusive God and he wants all of those people to be part of his body. We had our first in-person gathering for PCL before the pandemic and people came from all over the United States. We didn't have anybody international, but 
next time. So, um, but I thought for the first time, I looked around the room and this is when I, I think I got it. Like this was after a couple of years, right? Of doing ministry. And there was people of all ages, disability, color, background. Um, and we had been together online every day. We were so much closer than bare, I could say in, in traditional church. There's a lot of barriers to what, you know, people will think of you online. You break that down pretty quickly because you mm -hmm. find that you can trust people and build a relationship and be vulnerable and they still ask you to come back. So we, I looked around the room and it was as if we had been together um, a million times. I mean, it, wow. because yeah. we, when you're doing daily life with people, you connect. And we just, to, in today's church, if people are only going twice a month for an hour and they're facing forward to watch a good sermon, they are not getting community. And so that's the real bonus of having a digital presence is you can get people um, into daily discipleship, like in acts and prayer and sharing, um, you know, helping each other with whatever needs they have um, digitally when they're not in the building. That's that's awesome, Angela. Man, what a, what a great story. Thank you so much for sharing this. Now, uh, I'm sure a lot of people listening in would like to learn more, right? I'm, I'm sure their interest has been piqued. And you know, we don't have six hours, 10 hours, three days to, to keep talking through all of this. But for those who would like to learn more about digital expressions of church and what, what this could look like, what this could mean for, for their ministry, uh, what recommendations and resources would you share with them? So I am, a, like I said, I'm a teacher. I love resourcing people. And so I created, well, in the 34 days after COVID hit, I wrote a book called Online Jesus uh, because so many people were calling and saying, we need help with digital. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'm, I got to like put this in a book. So I put um, like the guide to community uh, to discipleship and care online together. It's really small. I can show you, see, super thin. <laughs> Um, but get that. Uh, also, I have a Facebook group that where I post all resources, not just from me, but from all the experts that I can find in the field. And that it's a place, it's a, it's a learning community. So it's called Online Jesus on Facebook. You can join it and you can ask any question real time and um, find a lot of help there. I think those are, yeah, those are good Excellent. Resources. Great resources, and we'll have links in the show notes for those of you who are listening in. Angela, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you with us. I love to hear the stories of how God is working through you and, and through this team that you've built now, um, and, and the incredible ministry is happening. So thank you for taking the time to be with us and share this, this awesome God story. Oh, thank you. Well, it's with joy that I share it. Awesome. Well, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Church Leaders Podcast. Be sure to check out the other episodes in this series. You don't want to miss out on the full discussion. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of our interviews. We'd appreciate it if you could take just a few moments to let us know your thoughts by leaving us a review on your preferred podcast platform or sending an email to podcast at churchleaders.com. Your positive reviews and ratings help other ministry leaders find us and benefit from our content. So until next time, this is Jason Day encouraging you to love well and lead well. You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.